I am Groot. 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 Oh, wait. For those who don't speak Groot, let us translate. I'm Jay. And I'm Jim. And you're listening to Avengers Disassembled. As a parent-child team, we're going to delve way deep into some of our favorite things. The epic Marvel Cinematic Universe, where we'll discuss on each movie chronologically. This episode is about Guardians of the Galaxy. So, um, Guardians of the Galaxy music plays such a big, um, oh yeah, a, a key role to the plot and and the and the movie and stuff like that. I feel like this movie is like in the back in my day when you had a record player and you would listen to it and then you went. Eah! And it was this break because up until now, we've kind of had these stories that have built on each other and related to each other and, this and comes things out of left like that. Field. And this comes out of left field. It it's a, introduces a whole new character and in many ways a whole new aspect team. to the universe and team and things like that. I mean, Thanos um, is connected. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we there are hints of these connections in throughout it. Um, and we'll talk about some of those uh, yeah. uh, during this episode, but it 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 really is kind of a discontinuity in all the movies we've talked about up until now with this completely new um, again aspect of the MCU team life forms um, and and whatnot uh, as we move forward. So um, so I just thought it was interesting that that this how this comes at kind of this time. Um, it's also interesting that um, compared to the previous movie, uh, previous movie, Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Um, it was it was uh, released very shortly after. Yeah. So within the the six months of each other, these two movies were released. But again, completely different tones. Right. Right. I right. think that they maybe needed to release them closer together to be like, no, 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 they're connected. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. Well. Uh, and again, we'll we'll talk about um, how how there is obvious connection already in in these. I mean, besides the Infinity Stone thing, yeah. <laughs> um, to the uh, rest of the MCU. So the movie opens up with um, him, Peter being taken. Peter, well, Peter's mom dying. Yes, and yes. then Peter being taken. Yes. So in this scene when his ma- mother's dying, he doesn't want to take his mother's hand. Yeah. Which for, you know, wherever he is, teen, preteen. He's like 10. Age, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not um, that strange of a reaction he, um, like, to that. The way she's talking, it's like, take my hand and then I'll die. And he's like, I don't want you to die. And then when she dies, he's like, shit, give me your hand. Yeah. Because yeah. I want, you know. Yeah. And then her, I assume that it's his grandfather. That. Yeah. it's He says that this is his daughter. Oh, so, it does. Okay, yeah, they say that. He's um, like, go ghost yeah. sit right here outside of this room where all of us will be crying over your mother's dead body. Right. Yeah. like that's After having drug him in. Yeah. He didn't. Maybe not the best parenting moment right there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so you, you, we get that scene. Um, then we get an interesting um, cut, something that I don't remember seeing in an MCU movie yet. We get credits up front. Oh, it's because it's paying homage to the 80s movies, Dad. 
Oh. I didn't... I missed that subtlety in the cinematography. This whole movie is paying homage to the 80s with the soundtrack and, like, how he dresses and talks and his references and the style of credits. Oh, I didn't... That's what I was thinking when I saw them. Okay, I'll buy that for a dollar. I did not make that... uh, That connection, and it just, it stood out to me. Because it's the only one. Because it's the only one so far that, that does that. And I don't know, I don't remember of any We'll have to pay attention to yes, see if Guardians yes. 2 does that. Right, right, right. Because that one, I mean, it still has a soundtrack, but. Right. And as you noted, uh, James Gunn's name shows up. Like three or four times, times in the opening credits. In the opening credits. This yeah. is a James Gunn film. Any question. Directed by James Gunn. <laughs> written by James Gunn. Produced by James Gunn. It's like, all right, man. This person was shot by... James Gunn. <laughs> a James Gunn. Um, okay, so uh, so it opens up with uh, Star-Lord. Yeah. Yes. Getting the Power Stone. Getting the Power just Stone. chilling. Yes. In this... I mean, it's in like some force fields box thing. Yes. But... Ronan's guys are there, and it's like, were they protecting it? Because that sounds like what they're doing. Or were they also there to get it? No, I think they were also there to get it. Then that's coincidence number one. Well, except, so the, um, what's the name of the group that he's... uh, The Ravagers? The Ravagers have sent him to go get it. Yeah. So somehow they know that it's out there. They don't know what it is. They just know that it's an orb that they need to retrieve. Yeah. Um... So someone, you know, and again, as the movie plays on, we get introduced to the kind of this broker guy who... So someone knows that it's out there and has a vague idea of where it is. Collector. Um, okay. And Ronan. Uh, maybe, yes. But if they knew where it was, they would have gone and gotten it themselves. So. Well, the Collector doesn't get anything himself. True. And if... And Ronan... I don't know why he didn't get it himself. Well, no, but he sends his henchmen to go get it. But he's running. He could have gotten it himself. He could have, but he doesn't want to do the dirty work. So um, so we get to see some of his um, tech. tech and kind of how he operates. We get a little bit of his, you know, I'm sass. Star-Lord. He's like, yes. I'm Star-Lord. <laughs> he's like, I'm working yes. on that. Um. So then, uh, so uh, he uh, fights off. He's escaping from the planet, and his ship gets hit by this water jet. Yeah. And the engines kind of flame out, and he ends up stalls. stalls. He ends up in zero g up against the the uh, canopy and everything like that. And um, it reminds me of a story in the real world that um, came out recently that there was a, in France, the French Air Force was giving an incentive ride to this civilian who had been a long time uh, engineer and designer of aircraft and stuff like that. And um, he was very apprehensive about taking the flight, and, but his friends kind of guilted him into it. And so um, he gets put in the jet and he does not get strapped in properly. Um, and so the, 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 the pilot takes off and he pulls G's to about a 60 degree nose up climb, um, which scares the guy because he was not prepared for this G force on it. And then, at the, then to level off, the pilot pushes forward and sends the jet into a negative G situation. 
but because he was not strapped in properly, his nugget now bounces him off of the canopy. So he's hanging there in zero G. So he reaches down to try to pull himself back down into the seat. And guess what he grabs onto? The ejection handle. As he's pulling up to try to pull his body down in zero D, he pulls the ejection handle and ejects out of the airplane. Not properly strapped in. Not properly strapped in. So um, the thing is, so he ejects, the system malfunctions. It, it blows the pilot's canopy, the pilot's seat does not eject. So he is now flying around in a convertible with no one in the back seat. Miraculously, they both survive. Damn. Yes. I guess that guy just held on, like, for, I mean, for dear life, but he managed to stay with the seat. Well, the seat, so he pulls the seat, the seat comes up and hits him in the butt so whatever... and shoots him out. He has the parachute on. Oh, good. That's already. Yeah, and so the seat, his seat operates as it, it was should. it should have does the other guy like land the pilot lands the aircraft That's yes crazy yes so this whole scene of the zero g hitting up against the, yeah. the canopy reminded me of this story that i had just read about uh, a few days uh That's, before that's before. crazy that guy's like and now i'm never gonna go fly again yes well, i'm gonna i'm gonna design these but i shall not step foot in them yes it was. A, it's an interesting. You can you can read about it on the uh, on the interwebs. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna fix some safety <laughs> procedures here. Yes. Okay. So back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. No more yeah. French ejections. French ejections. <laughs> um, okay. So I. This is the other thing that I did not realize. This is where we get introduced to the Cree. Yeah. They don't look like the Cree that we see later. And I was doing a little research that says the Cree um, have a series of have done a series of genetic um, like, manipulations, uh -huh. and that's why the so kind of the standard blue face, pointy eared Cree. Yeah, they're like your run of the mill Cree. Yeah, but then there are red Cree. Pink Cree, Red Cree, and then whatever um, uh, Ronin? Ronin is. He's blue. But Ronin is of some, like, again, higher. higher he's not the run-of-the-mill blue Cree. So, um, he's just an epic. He's, 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 you know, done his bench presses. Yes, yes. He's, and then he gets painted. And then he gets painted, yes. Lee Pace. What's that? Lee Pace. Like, that doesn't look <laughs> anything like him. Sound like him. Whatever. Yes, yes. So then we get introduced to Xandar. And this is Stan Lee's cameo shows up relatively early. As a Casanova. Yes, as a Casanova. He's making um, a rocket, makes fun of him. Yeah, he's so. like grandpa. And he's like, <laughs> you're a cougar or whatever. Yes, yes. Um, so a couple of questions about Xandar. Mm -hmm. Is Novacore good or bad? Good. Is Novacore Nova Corporation or Novacore like the Marine Corps? Uh, it's not a business. Like they they protect planets. It's like a federation more so than a corporation. Hmm. Because it was unclear to me, and it still is unclear to me exactly what rule they. But they're the best government around. 
Okay. Like, compared to the Kree. But do they govern more than just Xandar? Oh, yeah. Xandar's the capital planet. Yeah. Okay. So there's a there's a character that shows up occasionally in the comics who goes by Nova because he's dealing with a lot of Earthlings, so they don't know about the whole Nova Corps. Um, and he's, like, one of the Sandarians or whatever. So Okay. He's What's one. Ronan's beef with Xandar? He's... So the Kree and Xandar have been at war for a long time, and they just created a peace treaty, and he doesn't want the peace treaty. He wants Xandar dead. That's literally the whole thing. Is it really that simple? Yeah. He's pissed that they made peace. He's like, no, we gotta destroy him. But it seems like he would be equally as pissed with his with the Kree that right, signed the... Right, but he's the... not gonna attack his people. Hmm. Like, literally, they just say he's, like, a war-obsessed Cree guy who has, you know, oh, got yeah, the historical yeah, yeah. ties. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, power-hungry, uh, bellicose. The accuser. It's yes. like, you accuse people of what? <laughs> and then... And then, that's, them. and then you kill them. Yes. But he's not running the Punisher. He's running right. the accuser. Yes. I accuse... He says that at one point. He says it to the Nova people. He's like, I accuse you. It's like, great. <laughs> no, I don't want to be accused. <laughs> Where's the cherry? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, on Xandar, um, uh, Ro- uh, Rocket and Groot. Rocket and Groot are hanging out there. Trying to find... They find... They see Star Lord and uh, he has a bounty on him. Yeah. So uh, yes. Uh, so those. So uh, uh, in this whole thing, then Gamora shows up. Uh, and they all get arrested. And they all get arrested. Um, then they wake up, um, and Rocket wakes up, and he has bed face. His fur. No, that's is, not then. That's not... way later in the prison. Oh, you're right. It is in the prison. But yes, 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 he does. Right. He has all of his furs. <laughs> yeah. But on his face. I mean, I like, essentially, if you <laughs> imagine what happens to your hair in the top of your head, it's going to happen to I your know. hair all over his but head. But I find it, I, I thought it was an interesting touch that he has bed face, not bed head. Bed technically bed head. I guess. Um, do you find it ironic that the place that Thanos lives is called Sanctuary? Uh, yeah, I guess, because, I mean, it is Sanctuary. No one ever gets in there. No, not without him wanting. No one, yeah. I I guess I would... It's not a sanctuary from him. <laughs> no, but it's... And again, we'll have long talks about this later in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thanos' motivation... Is so... Um, it's, it's not... I think that this, the fact that he calls the place that he lives sanctuary. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's crazy in the sense that you can't change his mind in that he, he has this idea of how to make the world better and he will not listen or be, is willing to understand any kind of alternate, you know, plan solution perspective at all. Right. Yeah, he's decided that he's he's right. Okay, I'm not gonna we're not gonna get into this now because we'll have a lot of oh, yeah. discussion about this later. Yes. Talk about this. Um, the other thing that I find interesting is the treatment of Rocket. 
So, um, you know, people just diss on him all the time. Creepy little beast. Hey, Ranger Rick. Um, well, yeah. You know, the, he, a rodent. Most uh, of them don't recognize him as a raccoon because, you know. Because that's a Terra. Yeah. Being, so, which yes. is why Quill does Ranger Rick. Right, right, yeah. Um, which is a, another great Well, 80s. the fact that Drax calls him Creepy Little Animal is a reference to the fact that David Bautista's WWE name is the animal. Oh. I, didn't, I did not know that. Now you do. I do. But that's, that's part of why he says that. But uh, this um, idea... He just doesn't look impressive, and people are like, oh, you're small. Well, yeah, well there is this, you know, yes, um, judging a book by its cover... But also, he, a number of times, kind of has this self-loathing attitude. You know, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. I didn't, I don't want to be who I am. Yeah. Uh, type of thing. But he obviously has bonded with Groot. You yeah. Know, he's the first one to bring up, hey, that we're a family, that, you know, working together and stuff like that. He's like the gruff person... Gruff. But always is the first one to give in, yeah. you know, along those lines. All bark, lines. no bite. <clears throat> and, Two and, and it's um, when he talks with Groot and and he hears or listens to what Groot has to say, it always reinforces this idea mm-hmm. of, of um, teamwork and family and belonging and things like that. And um, again, I think about... The previous, a lot of the previous um, characters that have been introduced to the MCU, and um, some of them being reluctant heroes versus um, seeking it out, and I think Rocket falls into that mm-hmm. um, genre of, of our hero versus Star-Lord. Who's, uh, who's clearly seeking <laughs> it out with the name of Star-Lord. Yes. And yes. how happy he is when someone finally calls him that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. And the thing that, that Rocket, he's like the leader. Yes. So many times he's like, here's the plan. And he like <laughs> he's like, and everyone's like, damn, yeah, we out, okay. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Star-Lord's just for show. Yes, Amora could do stuff, but they don't trust her, at least in the beginning. Right. And Groot doesn't have the communication skills. Right. Neither does Drax, but... No. Okay, so let's talk about Drax. <laughs> they fly right over his head. I can't... I, I would catch it. I would catch it. <laughs> Nothing gets over my head. I would catch it. Don't call me a thesaurus. <laughs> oh, he's the just... Facts that, the fact that Rocket's like, this, his species don't recognize metaphors, they take everything literally. Yes. And then, you know, Peter doesn't know that, and he continues to use metaphors, and it's just like... Yes. But then he does use a metaphor, and 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 calls it out himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, was, was... He's uh, learning. Funny. Yes. Yes. Um, so... Uh, the the other thing that strikes me is they're in um, escape the pod. escape pod, 
And they're right. Well, not around. the escape pod. They're in the prison in the little like command center. Yes, and they break yes, out. yes. Yes, and we both said this is like a Disney it's, ride. It's so set up for a Disney ride. I mean, it's they even do the point funny. of view, like the in perspective <laughs> thing, where you like, oh, we're going down, and now we're <laughs> right. in a tunnel. And you bounce against yeah, the walls. Yeah, it's like oh, easy then. peasy. They've done harder things than that. Exactly, and and they are coming out with a galaxy of. Guardians of the Galaxy ride at no. Epcot. At Epcot? Yes, yes, yes. I guess that makes sense for yes. Epcot. So, um, what is it taking the place of? Uh, the Energy Pavilion, I oh, think. Oh, which has been empty for a while. No, that's where the Ellen DeGeneres thing right, was. Right, right. Yeah. The body was has been empty for a while. Oh, yeah. So. But, yeah, it's one of those. A lot of uh, Epcot is getting redone. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, they end up at the collector to give him the orb. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a couple things in the collection. We see a dark elf. A Chitari. A Chitari, yes. The dog who's actually like in the comic Lotsky, books. Lotsky, yes. Yeah. But was a real Russian yeah. cosmonaut. Yeah, when uh, they turned him into a, a, psycho, a, a cyborg. telepath oh. in the comics. Oh, do they? Yeah. Well, he didn't serve. Yeah, no, duh. Which is why he can end up in the collectors, and it's been like, oh, there's continuity there. Yeah. Um, was he lost, or did it actually explode? No, no, no. Uh, it, like, just... Dri- no, out. no, he... he His body came back to Earth, um, and I don't know if it was a malfunction, or if it was kind of pre-planned that, that he, he probably would not survive. Mm. Um, In fact, I think that they ran out of oxygen, Um, if I remember. I'd have to go back and double-check, but uh, the Russians did that with a couple different Did they actually put him in a suit like that? I doubt that it was in a suit like that, but it was in some kind of restraint, yes. Oh, that would be so cute. He comes up and looks him in the post-credits scene, like, aww. Okay, uh, so... The uh, Collector... So we see the collector. We see the. We get to see again the power of an infinity stone. Yeah, he doesn't mention that here. he already has one. Yeah, he doesn't mention that he has one already. You know, they end up. Other than that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of meaning to that scene other than to rope the collector in. I guess again, um, they well, end up. It's, they end up blowing it up. Well, the chick tries to use yes, the power yes, stone yes. and blows it up, and it's like, where's the Tesseract? Yes. So. Uh, and then, uh, uh, at this point, um, Drax has called. Ronan. Yeah, he literally is like, "I want to place a call," <laughs> and it's just like, "You got Ronan on speed dial." Well. Yeah, which is you know great and all. Yes. Um, I think it's interesting that um, most of the power stones or power stones, infinity stones are like in their raw form or whatever when we first see them, except for the Tesseract and the Power Stone. Because the Tesseract is actually, you know, a gem in the box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, its power is, you know, available to touch when it's in the box. Right. But the Power Stone is fully contained. Right. Always. The other's really not. It's got the weird rock part to it, which is like where it's supposed to be kept, but... Um, so the Mind Stone is in... The staff. Yeah, but it's not... It's in something it's in, in the, the staff. staff. I, arguably, you could go up and touch it in the staff. No one does that. But Oh, I think that it's got some kind of like... I don't think that's what you see in the staff is the power stone. It's it's some container with the power stone in it in the staff. But I think that... I thought, isn't that what you were saying about the Tesseract? 
I mean, I think the staff wields the power in a controlled way so that Loki can just pick it up and use it without having to, like, actually hold the stone. No, no, no. Let's disregard the metal part. Yeah, I this the gem is right there. You think that's just the raw mindstone gem? What else would it be? The mindstone gem with some kind of like okay, eggshell. Okay, if there is an it. eggshell, it's invisible because that's what it looks like. Mm, it's so big. Compared... No, it's not. We In did the it staff, again. I'm gonna have to. Um, and then the I mean, time zone time uh, time stone is got its little. Little necklace. Right. It's in a it's in a lock a locket. <laughs> it is a locket. And then you open the locket and it's like yes. ten stone. Yes. Um I wonder what would happen if you gave Doctor Strange all of those stones. Because he doesn't directly wield them. Correct. Like I wonder if they could develop magic to use them all. We'll talk about that. Okay. Um So Gamora so they they fight it and Gamora almost dies. Yeah. And um, Peter Peter calls the Ravagers to rescue them. Yes, so he takes off his helmet and puts it on her. Yeah, yeah, Dad. We know the physics don't work. No, no, no. I'm not worried about the physics. What I'm, what I'm. Why didn't he like put it up? Hold it. He could hold. He obviously can live for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He can hold his breath. Let her catch her breath, and then can't they buddy breathe? So like you know like well, when well that's not all the whole problem. That's one aspect of it. The fact that they're in space is the other aspect well, of it. Hey, we just suspended physics, so. But clearly, the temperature is is also a problem because he was freezing, and she was freezing. So it's the oxygen and the yeah. Okay. The, I think he could have, but they could have, but he could have like pushed his little <clears throat> little dinky minor chip two yes. feet forward put her and him in it and just or put the face mask on her and then get back in yeah himself because there was clearly it was still he functioning. had a few minutes and he had a few minutes of rational thought and yeah behavior he was staring at her yes. like whatever you're gonna do you better do it quickly yes so but they end up on um Yandu's ship on Yandu's ship yes um which uh Rockets rescue land. attempt. Yes. If you don't give him to him, I'm gonna. He's gonna blow them up. And he's all like, "What? If you, you wouldn't have rescued me that way. We would have just died." So the logic is maybe not uh, as 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 perfect as he thought. So then Ronan shows his true colors. colors to Thanos. He gets the Infinity Stone, and now he believes that he Doesn't can he challenge. Th- Thanos. Well, he just doesn't need Thanos to get what he wants. Uh, I think he pretty openly challenged because um, Nebula says... You're going to die. Are, if you're going to kill... Are you going to kill my father? I'm going to help you. Yeah. So. It's like, oh. Yeah. But she's still not on Gamora's side. Oh, no. I mean, Nebula is on Nebula's side, she, yes. I mean, yeah, but I would say what Gamora is attempting to do is to eventually like kill him. She's going against him and trying to prevent him from killing people. Who's to say that, you know, her next step isn't to outright kill him? Yeah, again, uh, Nebula has some oh, mixed and conflicting she's got um, a, I mean, motivations. She's got problems with Gamora. And Thanos and well, yeah, the world she, in general. They so, turned yes. her into half robot. Yes, 90%, 90% robot. robot. Yes, yes, yes. Um... So, so they have to come up with this plan, 
<laughs> and they asked Drax what he thinks of it. I wasn't listening. I was thinking about something else. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Multitasker, you are not. Like Drax. Can't even uh, come up with a, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yes. I was listening. He's down to do it anyway, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, gotta kill, gotta kill him, gotta yes. kill Thanos. Yes. Um, so, again, another great uh, 80s movie reference when uh, uh, they land on the ship, or they, they um, Peter and Gamora and Drax land on the, the Kree ship on... Uh, the Dark Aster? Yes, and uh, Gamora says, we're just like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, well that's because he, he said Footloose, he made Footloose into some weird space alien yes. story. Yes, yes. So I, I think I, it's funny, which is, this is another thing that's unrealistic. A ten-year-old would not know the name of the actor. He would know the name of the character. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't remember the name of the character, but Kevin Bacon and Footloose is was how yeah. it was advertised. Oh. So yeah. Um, okay, so uh, now they're fighting in the Xandar's atmosphere, and yeah. he's trying to get the the Power Stone to touch the ground, and they'll destroy the whole planet. Yeah, and, and he's standing like there for a good minute, and he doesn't do anything. Well, let's let's go back to that. So, oh, well, so why the, did you start there? I started with the the battle in the oh, atmosphere. the goal. Yes. So the Nova Corps does this interlocking mm-hmm. thing. So. Who thought of that? Who thought we're gonna let's build ships that can interlock and make this like you know, semi-flexible? Yeah, I mean it works shield. for this particular case, but I can't imagine a lot of other defensive cases where that would be useful. An asteroid shower? Well, again, why wouldn't you blow it up? So, because um, you don't want the debris to hit the planet if it's that close. Mm. Uh, then, uh, as they, uh, Ronan tells them to go crash into the yeah. into the city and things like that, and um, Rocket and the Ravagers set their ships up on the ground. Yeah, and... they do this a very stupid way. You don't want to be like just on the ground shooting up. Because it's just going to, the debris is still going to hit the city. Well, yeah, but the idea is that the debris doesn't have the same kinetic energy, you know, you have smaller things. But wouldn't you rather be on the same plane as them, shooting them away? Well, their point, yeah, uh, again, um, if you know which where they're going, which is to the ground in the center of the city, then, then it's much easier to pick out a target versus chasing them around. I guess. Um, but to me, and I think it, it was very... Uh, Matrix-like from the movie Matrix. There were a couple of kind of scenes where there are these big machines with big like machine guns and they just stand in the middle and just plow lead into the sky as as the bad guys are coming in and things like that. Again, I um, it was something that, that resonated with me that I, I thought about um, as we were uh, doing that. Um, so, the again, Ronan's ship is about to crash. And Groot, so this is what this is the note that I made. Groot is the Swiss Army of life forms. He can do anything. <laughs> he, he can do can, everything. Yes. Well, the light thing. So you know how um, 
one of them was like, when did you learn to do that? It's a reference because he can't do that in the comics. Oh. <laughs> They're like, yeah, <laughs> when did you learn to do that? Yes. So he can grow, he can, He's a tree. you know. Yes, but he can grow and shrink. He, um, you know, he so he, he shoots out his arm and he impales all of these Kree. And, and then he brings it. Yeah, way too many times. It's like, honey, they were dead. And the other guys are just like. That's right. And then Groot turns to them and is like, I did good, right? That's right. I did good. He's got this eight-year-old kid smile. <laughs> Uh, so... I mean, we see how quickly he grows in the next movie, so maybe he is, like, eight years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. But, uh, he, yes, he just... What an incredible life form. And, and again, even the Collector recognizes that. That he's like, I want this guy. I want your body, yes. And they're like, no. Yes. <laughs> um... So, at one point, uh, the head of the Nova Corps says, the, the city has been evacuated. And it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's completely not. So they, they crash and everyone is standing there. Yeah, everyone's still running around screaming. Yes. Oh, yeah, that looks evacuated. Like Did I, you mean, like, the important people? I do not think that word means what you think that it means. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so then, yes. So then we have kind of the, the climax of the movie where, again, it brings a, a bunch of these things together, um, you know, Peter does the dance off uh, with him, yeah. uh, singing a little bit. You know, classic Chris Pratt. Um, classic. It's the only time Chris Pratt does that. Mm, well, it, it, I think it's reminiscent of other characters that he has played in other movies as well. Sure. Um, Rocket rebuilds the uh, the whatever that was called. Yeah, the the, the, the weapon. weapon. Um, and it's interesting that he aims it at... He makes the better choice. Because yes. if he hits Ronan, it's like, whatever. But he Yeah, we've the... already tried that once. Didn't work. Yeah, and he doesn't hit the stone. He hits the, the hammer so that the stone is free. Right, right, right. Yeah, he makes the better choice. <sighs> um, so Peter grabs the stone. He's all like, I'm on fire! <laughs> yes, yes. And he has this flashback to his mom. Yeah, well, he sees Gamora's hand, and he clearly regrets not taking her hand. Right, right, right. And then he's like, I'll take her hand. Yes, which, I mean, obviously, you see... Yes, not only does it come full circle, but it also kind of confirms these feelings that he previously had kind of shown for Gamora and Mm. things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, So The fact that when he saves her, that's when you know. Yeah. Um, and then the other uh, guardians... They all join him. Yes. And between all four of them, there's enough, I guess, like, life force or whatever to be able to, like, withstand it. Withstand it, Because yes. they've stopped dying. Right, right. Well, and, and again, arguably, because Peter's... Yeah, I mean, yes, but he was still dying. It took yeah, all yeah. four of them. Yeah. And then Gamora slaps the... Well, he killed... The orbs He, he hits Ronan. Yes, he, and he wields the power enough to, yeah, to right, release right, it yeah. and I assume kill him because it never shows up again. Right. And then, yeah, uh, they seal it. Yes, yes, yes. And then Yondu's like, I want that. <laughs> They're like, did you not see what just happened, Yondu? And we also can confirm that no one wants to buy this from you? But sure, sure, Yondu. Who was, you know, supposed to be an original member of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yes, yes. And I still love his arrow. 
It's yes. so OP. Overpowered for those who yes, don't understand. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he just like. <laughs> so um, after the ship crashes, uh, Ronan comes out and okay, references yes, references um, that Xandar should bow down to him and not their paltry gods, not poultry gods, as we talked about oh yeah but they're paltry gods and then in in the one of the next scenes we find that peter has some dna of that cannot be identified celestial dna no no that's what the that's what the species is called celestial so you know a number of times here in the mcu we've had references to gods and things like that obviously the asgardians the the humans you know i think it takes two species one to be different enough or they have to be different enough so that one is like somewhat weaker in some aspects so that they see the others as bigger better you know more admirable so that they think of them as deities but, you know, that's just a perspective. Obviously, like, the Asgardians don't think of themselves as gods. Right. They know they're not gods. Right. In the, sense, in the same way that the humans think they are. <laughs> like, they may be like, yeah, you have power, and maybe that makes you a god in this, in this world culture perspective. But, you know, we're not gods in the immoral, all-powerful sense the humans think we are. Same thing with every other... Like, we have yet to find, you know, a god that isn't just some other alien species. Right. So, is there some pagan or anti-pagan rhetoric lurking here in the MCU that... I mean, they don't hate on the, the fact that people worship these people. They're just like... You know, this is, maybe this is, I mean, okay. But you see all these themes of of individuals or groups of people wanting to remake the universe in their own image, which is arguably a very, you know, Judo, Judeo-Christian, uh, godlike... Who wants to remake the world in their own the image? The Dark Elves, Thanos... Thanos, okay, Dark Elves want to destroy the entire universe. Okay. To make, I guess, to make it like the world was when they were first created. Yes. Thanos just wants to stop everything and kill half of the population. But to have a universe that is in balance. Which, I don't... I think that's just like... In his weird way, that's his way of stopping all need. Yeah. You know, Ronan wants wants to to be revered as... He wants to end the, you know, the historical battle between his people and the Xandarians. Well, I think that he wants more than that. Well, yeah, he also wants glory. Yes. So, you know, and there's these subtle, other subtle jabs. So in Avengers, um, Black Widow says to Captain America, you you might want to sit these out. You know, they're practically gods. gods." And Captain America says, yes, there's only one god and and he he doesn't doesn't dress dress like that. that. You know, so again, this this Captain America, pure American, Judeo-Christian, God, 
um, concept versus this pagan god concept that shows up quite often in many of the other movies and cultures and I mean again to jump forward ahead I think we're going to see something like this in Doctor Strange um, I think that uh, there's a couple of other especially when we're either talking about alien species or magic and things like that um, arguably Black Panther we're going to um, transfiguration oh, yeah. and things like that 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 have these godlike um, overtones or references and um, I don't I mean, see this as a main theme throughout the MCU and what they're what the message is but I find it an, it's an interesting motif that keeps coming up even in the background I think it's interesting because people I mean, if you were to, you know, hear a description of Zeus without, you know, hearing the name Zeus, you'd be like, oh, it's Thor, or it's a superhero. Right, right, right. There's like, are all gods superheroes? Are all superheroes gods? Like, that's what I think they're more playing with. It's like, if you have power, people will revere you, but it's like up to you to, you know, wield it correctly. And, and whether or not to to actually treat these people as gods and if they want to be treated as gods. So As Ultron, I think, also will bring that up. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, so, again, Stan Lee's, you know... Uh, with uh, great power with comes great. With great power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. And to jump to the alternate universe of the DC... And that is, is Superman a god? a god? I mean, other than the fact that he can die, and most, in most, you know, general dis descriptions of a god, yeah. In many, yes, and people, uh, you know, worship uh, him. him as a god and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think that this... It's where your de definition of a god comes from. No, you're absolutely, yes. And, and, and this, if you look at religion and religious figures at something below the godlike level you see people with what we would call superpowers so you I see mean, Jesus. Moses Moses um, well I mean Moses didn't wield any powers he was a, a he had a staff that okay. allowed him to wield powers he was a channel okay so I mean Jesus actually did magical things um, Joseph uh, with the ability to, to interpret dreams, interpret dreams. Um, uh, you know, you have stories about the golem. Uh, yeah. You know where they they are these inanimate objects that are brought to life using religion to protect yeah. villages right. I mean, and people and things like Egypt's that. Egypt's full of that. Yeah. So, um, and then you look at where some of the even the origin stories of. Of these characters that we're talking about in the MCU and in the DC universe, obviously and things Thor like that. is is a god from a religion, right, right, right. Um, but the others aren't. Um, no, but uh, again, if you uh, there's to again to jump back to the DC universe, the the uh, people who create Superman, um, there's a lot of parallels between Superman and Golem in Jewish folklore and things like that. 
that he's you know this this being that is there his job is to protect the the those that are most vulnerable and always do the right thing and do good and 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 that's where the i mean if you read some of the I mean, origin of behind the people who create superman that's where they got some of their ideas really? oh yes um cuz i think more of all of the demigods in the stories you know hercules who has extreme strength yeah. um but he's still human yeah yeah um Half. he's well, yeah well he he's human um Demigods technically are more akin to their humans than their god family. Um, I mean, all of them are human, and then they have like one aspect or whatever that's extra. <laughs> that would be like I'm a demi like Spider Man would be like I'm a demigod of Arachne or something like that. You know, I got the sticky fingers, right, and then right. everything else is and strength of a spider. Everything else is just I'm smart enough to figure out. I think it also, in the MCU, there's a definite um, distinction between those that are start off as human, mm -hmm. not just humanoid, but start off as human, and those that are definitely not human. So, you know, again, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Captain, Captain America, but then you have Thor, Ronan, Thanos, Ultron. Vision. Vision. Would you consider Wanda a god or a godlike no, no, no. or human? human? Yes, Wanda is human. Despite her being a mutant. Despite her being a mutant. Okay. She's what is it? Homo Homo sapien is the evolved. Right, but if you're, I mean, she's she's a different species. She's an evolved human. Yes. So. So I think it's an interesting. This is this is the first movie where a, a number of these things have come up, and and when he makes that reference to um, gods and wanting to be worshipped and things like that, even though it's only a small passing, um, it hit me as as um, this kind of sub theme or another way to look at the these uh, movies and what's going on with them, and another aspect for us to talk about. Um, all right. So before we get to a post-credit scene, anything else about the the movie? Mm, no. I mean, I think Peter Quill is a useless person, but whatever. So um, the so the the question is, I I, I understand what you're saying. Um, is he the Tin Man in? Um, from he doesn't have a heart he the Tin Man really does have a heart he's the conscious he's the trying to do the right thing of of the group and of you know and I mean and of the Guardians of the Galaxy yes kinda Gamora arguably also when she's like I'm gonna stop my father I mean there's only that's only cause she's a good person yeah and she yeah, wants but, to save people. But one could argue that it was Peter that opened she her eyes to that. She had decided to stop. No, well, that's true. Try to stop. Before he even met yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. At the end of the movie, he could go away and we'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. He doesn't do anything useful for the rest of the MCU. <laughs> really? Yes. All he does is be like, Gamora, come back to me. My dad sucks. Okay, bye. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, he... He's useless. Um, he has no interesting skills. He, anyone could wear his uniform. He doesn't have particularly interesting strategy. He knows some things, but I would say his knowledge is dwarfed by Gamora and Rocket. And, I mean, Drax at least is strong. Yes. And, you know, comedy. Yeah. Well, obviously, Peter is comedy as well. So. <sighs> yeah. I, I, you... No, no, not a very unique comedy. Hate non Chris Pratt, huh? Chris Pratt, fine. <laughs> Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Useless. In mm-hmm. the books, he's much better, much yeah. more interesting. Mm-hmm. He's much more akin to Captain America in the books. Yeah, okay. As like a strategist. Yeah. And a, a, and a diverse fighter and stuff like that. Um, all right, so post credit scene. Once again, we get to see Howard the Duck. Ugh. <laughs> and the collector and the, the dog. Leica, I believe, is who it is. Um, but other than that, there's no tie-in or... Is there no mid-credit scene? No mid-credit scene, no. Oh, yeah. That's it. Well, arguably the mid-credit scene is Peter Quill finding out that his dad is a celestial. Yes, even though it technically is at the end of the movie. Well, the credits are at the beginning, so the whole movie's a mid-credit scene. (laughs) That's true. So so if I didn't like someone and I ripped their spine out, would that be illegal? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, do I tell him or else is he going to rip my spine out? And then he goes back to his house and the kid, his wife and child or the girlfriend that Rocket saved in the bridge is like, oh... All right, so that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Next up, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Bringing the gang back together. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.